Hello, and welcome to Beyond the Breakers, a podcast about shipwrecks, loss, and lessons learned from maritime disasters. My name is Taylor, and I'll be one of your hosts today. And joining me here in a few minutes will be Tanner. But before we do that, let's do the most important thing. Let's thank a couple patrons. Uh, first, I want to say welcome and thank you to Garrett. And we'd also like to say thank you for Stephanie for upgrading her Patreon subscription to the second mate tier. So we definitely appreciate that as well. Um, be sure to check that stuff out. A lot of good bonus content. Um, yeah, it's a fun time. Uh, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and bring in Tanner. Tanner, how's it going? Hey, it's going pretty well over here. Yeah, it's it's nice here in Ohio today. It's it's not super hot. It's like a nice breeze. It was like 80 degrees yesterday. Pretty nice for summer. Yeah, it's a little cloudy here. It's cooled off a little bit. Um, it's been a it's been a decent day overall. I uh, nice. I doubled up on the soccer. I watched the game last night from nine to eleven. Went to bed immediately after that, and then woke up at four to watch the U.S. women's team this morning. Yeah, I did not watch that. I'm I'm kind of glad I it didn't wake a, up for that. It was a much better game than any of their games they've played so far in the tournament. It was it was a much more fun game to watch. I, I do kind of hate that a game like that comes down to penalty kicks. Like I understand why penalty kicks have to be part of it, but it would just feel a lot better if a game like that could be decided on the field, actually. Gotta stop it somewhere, I guess. Yeah. So congratulations to Sweden. And I'm excited to see who the US's new coaches. Um, any any media stuff this week? Uh yeah, actually a a fair amount actually. Um we've been watching a lot of the Righteous Gemstones. We're trying to catch up okay. uh so we can get into season three. We very much enjoy that show. I have not seen that, but I know that a lot of people I know a lot of people really like it. I think it. given our background growing up in a um not not quite a not necessarily a mega church background, but uh, in kind of an adjacent sphere, you know, we routinely went to church. Um, and I think coming from that uh, sort of Protestant church background, especially like if, you know, anyone, if you if you did like a youth group or anything like that, I think you have a lot of appreciation for what is depicted in the Righteous Gemstones. Interesting. Yeah, that, that does sound like an interesting uh, show. I've been reading the book Lords of the Horizons by uh jason goodwin Mm -hmm. it's about the ottoman empire i think i've mentioned it before um when you had read yours which what was the one that you read about the ottoman empire i will have to check was it called osman's dream no i don't think so. because i have that one also it's a it's a thicker more dense uh mine is called the ottomans by mark david bear well that's i guess simple enough lords of the horizons is really good it's at least the edition I have is from 1992. Mm-hmm. But the way that it's organized is it's kind of nice in that it's kind of a semi-chronological and semi-thematic organization. Um, mm-hmm. It obviously starts with you know, the origins of the Ottomans and with Osman himself. And it kind of goes forward chronologically, you know, kind of Sultan by Sultan. And then when needed, just goes off kind of onto a thematic tangent. So, you know, say it's talking about the siege of Constantinople. You know, the first time the Janissaries are mentioned, it'll kind of go off mm-hmm. onto a, you know, three, four page breakdown of the history of the Janissaries, you know, from the beginning to, you know, even through like the end of the empire. Um, so I kind of like the way that it's organized in that it doesn't just stick to the history narrative, but it's also not totally thematic. 
so yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm enjoying reading it. It's um, it's a fairly quick read. So depending on where my interest level is in the Ottoman Empire after that, I might jump into Osman's Dream after that. How about you? Um, not a whole lot, but I'm doing a lot of working as always. Um, spending a lot of time in the car traveling last week. Um, listen to a lot of music. So kind of, it was nice to explore some different stuff and, and find some new things. And one band that like I knew a couple of their songs, but has really jumped out for me is first aid kit. Have you heard of them? I don't think so. I think you texted me about them the other day, but I don't think I know them They're I mean, it's very kind of folk E um, kind of some, I'd say alt country vibes. Um, they have a, they have a bunch of good songs. Mm-hmm. I, I'd first heard of them in, uh, they had a song that was used in like a montage scene in, uh, the game, the long dark called, uh, the lion's roar. And it's, it's a really good song. It's perfect for that game. That's a really great game, by the way, if you're looking for a Arctic's like survival game, it's, it's excellent. That's good. I haven't, um, I haven't played a video game in, in a while. I think the actually the long dark is really good because you can kind of play it as however you want to play it. Like there's no enemies except like the cold. I think the last video game I played was probably call to power a few months ago. It's it's been a little while. Um, Yeah. I haven't played many video games. It's a good one to check out if you're looking for something that isn't like a shooter or something necessarily. It's fun, but yeah, that's where I first heard them. And then I've just kind of been going through some Spotify lists of their stuff and it's all really good. It's just, it's good stuff. Um, country music's a weird space right now and i feel like we actually like a lot more country music than like it would probably appear at first blush but it's about finding the stuff that's that's more of the true country the galaxy of of what you'd consider country music is is wide and varied and obviously i mean like like any genre the mainstream version of it is is not probably going to be your highest quality material so it's like, yeah, you do have to dig deeper into it. But I think that's probably true for most genres. Yeah, I, I would say so. But yeah, I've I've really enjoyed their stuff. So if you're looking for something different, especially if it's uh, kind of like a, a driving situation, you're looking for something to kind of relax with. It's a it's a good option. So with that out of the way, we're going to move into today's topic. And like we'd gone, uh, we'd kind of gone back and forth on what we wanted to do and everything we're talking and we didn't really come to an idea and we kind of were both like, well, why don't we talk about kind of the state of the podcast? So if you're new, some of this stuff might be really interesting. If you're here for a shipwreck story, I mean, we're going to talk about some, but like up yours, woke moralists. This shouldn't be your first episode, I guess is what I'm trying to tell you. Maybe it could be. It, I mean, it could function, it could I guess, be. as an intro. We're going to kind of, I guess, reintroduce the podcast a little bit. It's kind of like we did in episode <laughs> one, but. Yeah. Do what you want. We'll see who cancels who. Basically, just want to take a look at kind of where the show came from, where it is now, where we want it to be. Um, you know, we don't want to just be on this date, XYZ shipwreck happened, and then next week tell you the exact same story in a different place in a different time. Um, that's boring. And you could just read the Wikipedia articles, honestly, if that's what you're looking for. You sons of bitches. You know, we want to balance the desire to experiment but also stick to the topics that we're all here for. Obviously, we're all here because we enjoy some maritime history. So I think finding that sweet spot of of where that is. Yeah, I mean, I think that's um, how the show has sort of developed. I mean, we mm-hmm. we just put out episode 113. And I think all of them, the shipwreck is more of the, I mean, to, to various extents, but the shipwreck is more the 
the axis that the story spins around mm-hmm. without being the whole story because we do I put this in my notes for later, but we do a, a lot of stuff has to go into trying to tell a story uh, to its like its fullest extent. And a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of the things that go into these shipwreck stories on the surface have nothing to do with uh, maritime elements, um, you know, mm-hmm. and so we do have to do a lot of that um, to different extents. You know, sometimes it is more of a, a blow by blow using, you know, whether it's an NTSB or a Coast Guard or an, MI, an MAIB report. We have those episodes. And then also, you know, we have episodes where we we probably talk about the wreck itself relatively little. I'm thinking about like the San Felipe incident episode. Mm-hmm. The shipwreck itself occupied a pretty small amount of that story, but we had to talk a lot about Catholic order infighting uh, in the mm-hmm. 1600s and uh, feudal Japan. So, yeah, I, I think that's kind of always been what the podcast is for. But I think we also have done more experimenting this season. Um, we started the very first episode this season was an oil rig, which was something brand new. And mm-hmm. I think, as you pointed out, it wasn't necessarily something we probably would have thought to do in, you know, certainly in season one. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Entering this with kind of the Great Lakes in mind. Um, but yeah, uh, branching out is is always a good thing and being able to cover more stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one of the things I did kind of prep for this this week was look back at kind of where we started. Um, uh, it got me thinking about how I kind of got inspired to start this show, which like the quick version is that I looked for a shipping wreck, a shipwreck podcast and couldn't find one. And I was like, well, there seems to be demand here. Mm-hmm. But the longer version is what inspired me to do this is I was just browsing Reddit one day and it was actually like a comedy kind of post because it was talking about how weird it was in the transcripts that someone said, Oh no, but they said it like Scooby-Doo. Like and it's, it's no, I remember that the rut row mm-hmm. shaggy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like literally noted in the transcripts that it said like that. And Reddit just thought it was the funniest thing ever. And then I was like, Oh, you can read the transcripts to this just like you can for like an airline disaster. Mm-hmm. I want to read it. And before you know it, I'm sitting there reading the transcript for the Alfaro. And I'm like, this should be a podcast. We should do this. And I remember pitching it to you and be like, listen, <laughs> I know you don't love shipwrecks, but. Well, and that was a, that was the fascinating thing for me, because I remember you sharing that with me. And I'm you know clicking through the the transcript and going through it. And I, I think I read the whole transcript that was available because it was very gripping to have that level of there is kind of that same, I guess the same true crime appeal of that sort of just morbid knowledge of like this, you know, last, last few hours, you know, what's going on on this vessel. So, yeah, I think that was a good, I think it was a good first episode. Um, Cause I think, I, I think it's interesting that we haven't done another episode like that since then, really. Like I've not done another transcript episode. I don't think, it, I don't know. It, it's been fun though. Like I th- I would listen to that episode and I was thinking about all the ways we would do things differently now. Yeah. That would be like a three part episode. I think mm-hmm. um, yeah. you definitely you get more confident in your storytelling ability. Also those are that and the Milwaukee, are the only two episodes that have never been edited. Like aside from just the major cuts to like the beginning and the end and whatever. Um, right. Cause I, yeah. a while yeah. ago I went through and just re-edited some of them as best as I could. Um, but just due to the problems with the files, I couldn't get the first and second episodes. Interesting. So those are the only two that have that are like exactly as they were first uploaded. 
<laughs> and I've I've listened back to them, and you know they they sound I I think they sound fine for you know the first two episodes of a podcast. I listened to it in the car this weekend, and I expected it to be worse. I hadn't listened to that one in probably over a year and a half, yeah. and I was like, you know what? The parts of it felt so familiar because like it's it's kind of how certain things are still what we do, mm-hmm. and other things I'm like, oh no, I should have expanded this completely differently and done something different here. Um, yeah. It definitely there's a lot less freestyle going on in those episodes of ad libbing things. I think it's very much stick to the there's, points. Well, there's a lot less ammunition to go off of. There's there's less to refer back mm-hmm. to. I mean, in our episodes now, like twenty percent of the episode is us saying, "Well, remember back in this episode, it's just like this. This is just mm-hmm. like what happened here," um, and we didn't have that then. But yeah, I think it was a good start to the to the show, um, especially for me because it's like, yeah, I was definitely among the group who would have thought like shipwrecks. Um, I would have thought, you know, the Edmund Fitzgerald probably at, at the latest being like, that was the last big shipwreck. Um, mm-hmm. and it's like, it is still something that continues to happen, you know, even with, yeah, I remember talking ships. to someone about this early on, like 20 episodes in and them just being like, well, aren't you going to run out of topics at a certain point? And I just re- I remember thinking like, nope, sure won't. Yeah. And then like, I think the next week. Um, the ever given got stuck in the canal sideways and i was like see this is this is why i'll never run out of things mm-hmm. i think the other funny thing in the start is that we kept picking stories that involved norwegian ships ramming other vessels and that was unintentional definitely an outsized presence of that in the first you know few dozen episodes uh yeah i mean the empress of ireland i think i remember by the time we got to that one i was like no way I think it's also funny some of the things that in a lot of the early episodes, there's kind of we kind of go out of our way to include like a literature piece or a poem or something like that. And it's like we still do that when it's relevant. But I I think very quickly you realize that um, you can't you can't always have the exact same pieces and segments that you always want to have um, for every topic. Yeah, I think that is one thing doing it. You know, you you try a lot of things and see what sticks and what doesn't. And like, as we'll talk on a little bit about some of the things we want to do. And like, we all know some of those things are going to stick and some of them won't, but it is fun for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like currently, like where we're at, I love it. Like it's exciting to, to get to the point where we are, where we have interaction with a lot of awesome people. I think that's probably my favorite part of all this mm-hmm. is like all the people that we've interacted with. You know, we have people all over Europe and Australia and, you know, places like that. Like, it's really cool. Minnesota. And yeah, and and wild places like Minnesota and Virginia. Yeah, I think it's great to see this thing grow. Um, I think what's interesting early on, I think we're definitely worried a lot more about sounding credible, almost in a weird way that now, you know, obviously, we want to put forth factual content and, and all that. But I think we've kind of found our voice a little bit without worrying about like, oh, I hope I got this exact detail just right. Um, I think that's a good place to be in. I mean, it connects with like any any kind of situation where you're doing research and presenting it and, you know, synthesizing it into something else. I think it it does come down to just confidence in your research skills, which mm-hmm. is something I had done. I have you know a good amount of experience with just in like academic contexts. But I think with this, you know, every week having to do it and researching different topics and looking for different types of material uh, really has made me better at researching and um, pursuing things, you know, deeper into a research hole as needed. I think that really helps, though, like you were saying, with the 
confidence. You know, it's it's not about being an expert on the topic. It's about being able to consult and bring in the expert on the topic in a research capacity and have those sources sort of talk to each other. Yeah, That's I, even how I explain research to my students is saying how, you know, you're doing research, you're compiling the stuff together. You're, you're basically having a conversation at a party where you walk up to a group of people who are talking. And the first thing you've got to do is listen. So you know what they're talking mm-hmm. about. And then after you are familiar with the topic, you you've got the gist of what's going on. Yeah, you can jump in and you can start contributing and you can start opining about these things because you, you know, you've you've done all this reading, all this research, and you've seen all these other events that are similar to this. Um, so yeah, like I I do feel much more confident talking about this stuff, but also with the knowledge that there's always someone who knows more than you about the topic, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. those those people usually have like readily available material to use, especially now where it's not just articles being published, but it's, you know, YouTube channels. Um, I think a great example would be with the Titan submersible. You know, that's not an episode that we research necessarily, but um, that was a great example of just how much, how many experts there are out there who do have, you know, high quality stuff that they're putting out. And Mm -hmm. if you want to know about the stuff to a, like to an acceptable degree, like that stuff's out there. Yeah. I think the the biggest thing is, um, I think what makes a successful podcast is the same thing that makes a successful teacher or lawyer. You don't have to be an expert on all the different things you're talking about. Like you have to know how to present that information in a way that other people can understand it. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's the biggest thing. I mean, that's communication, I guess, in a nutshell, any, in any job really. But I think it's been fun to watch us get better at that. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've really enjoyed that. Um, I guess all the talk about th- things we enjoy. Um, what's your favorite episode that we've done? Uh, in terms of just enjoyment, I think the Spanish Armada episodes are my favorites that we've done. Mm, yeah, as as kind of a passion project. Yeah, I mean, I really like being able to take a topic that I would have said that I knew fairly well, but I, compared to what we got into, that was you know a, a fraction of what we ended up learning and discussing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, being able to go a lot deeper and get into a lot more, you know, academic research to produce those episodes. Um, and I think in general, just doing research every week, it does keep me a lot more mentally engaged with things in general. I think it kind of helps me think about other things better too. just, you know, not, not always, you know, not being satisfied with the surface, the easiest, the first answer that you get, but then also pursuing that deeper mm-hmm. into maybe another opinion or a, a, a deeper aspect of this, uh, this topic. So yeah, I think that's something that's a, it's a transferable skill to other, other situations. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I, I found that even in my, my real job, you know, of, you know, there's times I have to research something or try to understand a concept that, you know, might not be something I'm an expert in. And this really does help you, you know, be able to tease out what's important, what isn't and, and all that. As as far as my favorite episode, I guess it's another series. Uh, I guess like this, it, it makes sense. That it's a series because like you know you spend so much time working on these series. Um, the Lusitania, mm-hmm. that whole series. Like I feel like if I could present, if I could like tell people to start with one thing, I'd be like, listen to this series first. Like start here because mm-hmm. like if you don't like this, then you don't need to waste your time with the rest of it. Get out of my house! Yeah, I mean the series is kind of a truly just kind of a stretched out regular episode because I think the first, the first Lusitania episode 
we don't talk about the Lusitania at all. Yeah, I think we're pretty upfront. We're like, yeah, we're not talking about Lusitania today. Sorry. It's that background part of the episode. Um, I did also like the, I also enjoyed the Noronic episodes, the two part. I think that was our first two part series. Yeah, I remember us discussing that. But should we separate this? Especially because that's such a, that's such a well known, that's such a big tragedy in the history of Canada and Toronto um, specifically. And I knew absolutely nothing about it. Mm-hmm. And I think also that's a great example of you see a lot once you read into these stories, you know, you you read the contemporary sources, you read the more academic sources about these things, you know, rather than just like the popular consumption shipwreck books. And you realize how many of these wrecks have a popular narrative that doesn't reflect the truth like at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I noticed that in our last episode, I used Mark Thompson's graveyard of the lakes and just flipping through it. I, I happened upon his coverage of the neuronic and, you know, even he includes a line in it about, you know, how all the crew survived. Um, and, you know, he has a line about, you know, how the whole crew escaped the burning vessel. We don't really know. And it's like, Mm -hmm. we absolutely do know why there was no crew on the vessel or why there was like that. That's something that's recorded in the contemporary sources and in other places, too. Like, we know that the crew was mostly off because they were in port and they were not working. (laughs) So, right. So it's like how how those popular narratives get basically just repeated because it is more fun to say, like, oh, the whole crew abandoned the ship and let all these people burn to death. It's a better story, certainly. But there's also good stories in, you know, the crew who are returning to the ship to help people escape and fight the fire. There's great stories there in the truth also. Yeah. And I think that's one thing we've talked about a lot is when we find these discrepancies that a lot of time the truth is way more interesting. Yeah, very often. It it might not sell papers when the incident happens, but if you look at it in a historical lens, like, yeah, yeah, oftentimes these true stories are far more interesting. Yeah. It's like, fortunately, that's not our job uh to mm-hmm. to you know sell sell papers so uh, we saw that with like the city of everett also how it you know yeah. allegedly captured was it valencia i think they said it was and it's like well that didn't mm-hmm. happen yeah right um <laughs> i think other favorite episode i actually just re-listened to this one because it was relevant to the phoenix mm-hmm. is the moselle um, I like that one for a lot of reasons it was you know a Cincinnati story so that was that was a good connection for both of us um, but I think also the Moselle is probably a good example of like what in an ideal situation every episode would be. Um, mm-hmm. Not Absolutely. necessarily the like the topic, but the the structure of the episode and what we were able to get from the episode. That was an older story that we were able to draw and connect to some modern day topics that I never would have thought we would be discussing on a shipwreck podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, in in that episode. We talked about you know the the newspapers at the time talking about speed and how everything was about speed and how these uh, steamboat captains are there's a lot of incentive for them to go as fast as possible you know even if that means avoiding safety regulations and we kind of connected that to the issue of CTE and you know brain trauma in mm-hmm many professional sports, but specifically the NFL and how that that really parallels the way that NFL and football media praised these massive, enormous hits for 
you know, decades. So long. This this yeah. was the way that you knew that someone was, you know, a really good all pro safety was they were. De- uh, John Lynch made the Hall of Fame by doing that. This is the highlights that you see of, you know, Ed Reed or like Jack Tatum. Uh, if you want to go even further back when you could just like murder people on the field. And how much that culture has changed um, and how much more we know about this now. And there is a parallel there, even though it seems on the surface like a totally different issue. It is that role like the media plays in playing these things up. And then suddenly when it reaches that tipping point, having to sort of step back and say, oh, no, look what we did. And I think also we connected a lot of things to gun control because the Mm -hmm. newspapers at the time are saying, you know, this is America. We're a we're a young, hip, modern nation. We have all the best people and all the best technology. Why are people still dying in steamboat accidents? You know, why are hundreds of people dying in these things every month? We're better than this. Surely we can figure out how to stop this. And the language used is just so similar to guns. Uh, as we talk about now, yeah, it's it, like that is really interesting that, that that it is like the same. thing. Surely we shouldn't be dying this way so often um, in in a nation like this. Uh, I like that, too, because. Honestly, the story of the Moselle is really brief if we're only going to talk about the mm-hmm. incident. Like, there, there's nothing to talk about. Like, the boiler blew up. Like, that's not the interesting part, yeah. honestly. And I think that's the thing that people get caught up in is, you know, if you're just here to hear the story of a shipwreck, sorry. Like, we need to talk about why it happened, what it caused. Like, talking about, you know, these um, things like the General Slocum that changed the political bend of the history of New York. Like, you can't separate the shipwreck from the politics right. in that scenario. Like you, we have to discuss it. So that's, that's what I like. I, I do like being able to tease out the broader issues here rather than just the shipwreck. Yeah. In terms of, I mean, the general Slocum was also, that was a really tough episode to discuss that because of all the fiery death and stuff. I had that one listed as my, my most difficult episode. I think that was the first one I did where, even though it was an older one, it was still felt very real. Um, like as you're as you're doing all these notes, and then you're having to like cross reference and look up stuff to be like, oh, you know, this many children died in the fire. Oh wait, no, it was this many, right. and it, you know that stuff. It it's it's not fun. Yeah, the older ones are weird because I I had posted on Twitter about this with the Phoenix. Is that there's there's kind of elements of both. It's far enough back that there is that distance in time and that tends to help being able to discuss things in a little bit more lighthearted manner. Mm-hmm. But I mean, children burning to death is never really going to be a lighthearted topic. Yeah. It, there's only so much humor you can tease out of that one. Um, but at the same time, those older ones, there is that buffer, but it just seems like the, and I, I realize that this is like, Oh, what's the term for it? Preservation bias the things that have been preserved are the very eloquent, the very detailed um, records of these things. Um, So you kind of get the sense of all of the records of these things Um, while they may be very far away. You know, there's no video, there's no audio. um, There's no pictures of the event itself, the incident happening. Um, But the way that these things are recorded, like the newspapers, the average Mm -hmm. newspaper eloquence seems like it's so much higher. And you're reading this thing that's really just like, gut-punchingly emotional mm-hmm. something that might be presented in a more kind of dry straightforward manner today is really written up you know in in this kind of very flowery prose that really hits you harder than you expect it to yeah some of those old newspapers are just brutal <laughs> i think for me for difficulty i think the, the sewol ferry in 
Korea mm-hmm. is one of them. That's yeah. almost one that like, again, like you said, if we revisited some of these episodes, that's one I could definitely re I think present and, and um, with the context of, you know, these other ones that we've researched. But I think the nature of that one, um, like, like a lot of the fairy stories where you do tend to have um, younger people, you may have families in that case, you know, it was a bunch of high school students, um, you know, basically a whole school. Yeah. And the context of that one, because just between the timing and where it took place, you know, those are, those are my students. Like those mm-hmm. are, those are the students I teach. The most of my students are from Korea. Most of them, you know, maybe, maybe did similar things when they were seniors in high school. You know, Jeju Island is a place that they all visit, you know, frequently. Um, that one was really early. I think it would still be difficult to cover. I think even now with more experience doing it, Mm-hmm. But yeah, that one was like truly tough to to like get through at times doing, you know, research and reading about it um, and watching uh, in the absence. That was a that was a, a hard watch. Yeah, I watched that one, too. That was a that was a rough documentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's only like 30 minutes, but it's hard. <laughs> it, it does not need to be long. Yeah. See, outside of that, I think like the biggest surprise in all of this is probably how good you've gotten at editing episodes. Like at first I was doing it. I think it was fine, but I feel like you've kind of taken it to the next level with a lot of that. So that's really fun. That's a good skill just in life to have. I do have a lot more time because I don't have any kids. <laughs> it's been fun though, learning little things um, here and there. I actually just recently, this is one reason the the Quayar narrative has taken so long is that I just recently found out how to cut out um, plosive pops in the microphone. Mm-hmm. There was actually a really helpful YouTube uh, tutorial about it where he kind of just started from started from the basics of saying, OK, let's think about what is this? What's really happening in the audio here? So looking through and saying, well, this is just a burst of bass. Like this is just a burst of low end coming out in the mix. So really, all you have to do is go in and cut that out. And that fixes, you know, 80, 90 percent of the problem, which is good enough. Um, so I've been doing that on some of the Dead Reckoning episodes where I really do want them to sound a little bit better. So the Quayar narrative is finished. The reading, uh, I just need to add the audio stuff to it. I think for me, the biggest surprise starting from the very beginning is just like the endless amount of stuff there is to discuss. It's it's yeah. like a common sense thing, but really it is a never ending string of, you know, this incident leads to this one or it's related to this one or this person was involved with this one. You know, this ship that rescued this ship, you know, this, you know, sank two years later in the exact same place or whatever. Um, there's an endless amount of connections and topics to, to mm-hmm. go into here. Yeah. And I think that's why like we've always had like the sometimes spoken, sometimes unspoken rule of like, we're not doing the Titanic because why, why with all these other stories out here? Yeah. Well, we and just do a straight up Titanic episode. And there's like a lot of people who devote a lot more time and effort to the Titanic. Like that's absolutely like, I just would not be able to bring anything. Yeah. Someone else has like not there's, brought to the table. There. There's multiple whole communities devoted to the Titanic. Um, Very interesting. But yeah, that truly is um, something I wasn't expecting either. Um, I probably, when I started this thing was thinking much more X, Y, Z shipwreck. This is what we're talking about, mm. but yeah, it just always expands. Like, like you said, when you're researching a topic and before you know it, you're learning about like maritime law in the kingdom of Prussia in 1820. You're like, hmm, how'd I get here? I feel like maritime law in the kingdom of Prussia in 1820 is probably like a piece of paper. <laughs> Endless amount of things you could you could pursue. 
uh, in doing this. And I think also it's like, even though we are constantly looking for things on our own, we're also constantly getting stuff from listeners that like I've mm-hmm. never heard of before and never would have thought to, you know, look for or look into. So yeah, it's, it's just a, an endless bounty of stuff to discuss. Absolutely. Um, kind of looking forward now, uh, the future of what we want to do here. Um, one thing I know we've kind of kicked around is the idea of maybe doing like a maritime monthly news episode kind of in place of one regular episode a month, probably each of us bring some maritime news articles to the table, discuss them. Um, I think it'd be kind of nice because it expands out beyond purely shipwrecks. But I mean, how many times are we seeing shipwrecks and ship incidents in the headlines? Mm-hmm. I mean, with the car ferry fire or not car ferry, the car carrier fires and everything that we're, we've been seeing more and more. Um, there's enough topics out there for us to talk about monthly. Even something uh, like a recent topic has been some of the uh, basically booby traps set at our southern border um where you've got people dying trying to cross rivers sure um and the role that you know waterways play as boundaries so yeah i mean stuff like that i'd I'd love to be able to talk about some of that stuff stuff that we don't stuff where we don't necessarily have you know a, a written report about might also give us a chance to get some 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 guests on the show too absolutely uh, also a great way to talk about preservation and you know when we find some of these historical vessels you know how often like you know it seems like every week we're finding more and more of these. Right. So it's another good way to talk about that too. I think it'd just be a fun way to bring current events in here, kind of maybe spur some interaction with people. Um, yeah, I think, I think I like that idea for expanding out a little bit. Um, in, maybe I can use my alumni status connections and get someone from Madison to talk about the canoe that they found in the lake. That's like thousands of years go. old. Hit up that archeology span department. Um, but yeah, I think it'd be fun to move in, you know, kind of just see how the maritime world affects history and culture. I think that's great. I think that's one of the things I would assume almost everyone is interested in mm-hmm. here. Um, yeah. What about you? What other things do you want to talk about kind of where we see this going in the future? Um, a little bit more about Dead Reckoning. Um, that's kind of just been an off and on project um, over the past, what, year-ish plus, year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not going to be going out of my way to do those after I finish up the Quayar Armada narrative. Um, I do have one more that's fully recorded and edited. It just needs the, the audio, the sound effects. I think after that, I'll probably take a break from doing, from seeking out dead reckoning stuff. Um, it's just a lot of time that goes into a relatively small amount of episode. Mm-hmm. So other stuff we want to do with bonus episodes, gives us a chance to do more uh, articles. Uh, I would kind of like to get into uh, maybe doing some biographical stuff, you know, maybe choosing a person to discuss in some bonus episodes. Yeah, that's an excellent idea as well. You know, rather than an um, adventurership. Yeah. And definitely if there's anybody listening out there, um, send us suggestions. We, we, we definitely want to hear from you guys uh, as far as, as what you're looking for. We can only think of so much. As like Tanner said, there's always people suggesting stuff we've never heard of i would also like to incorporate some sort of like monthly video element to this some sort of video stream would be fun yeah that would definitely be fun uh so yeah we're always looking for ways to do more um we want to keep growing and expanding we're never going to be the just read off the wikipedia and this this was the thing that happened on this day like it's just not what we're here for 
And yeah, I'm excited to see where this continues to go. It has already gone so much further than I ever thought it would. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, you know, obviously it ebbs and flows and how hard it is to do this sometimes. But I would say, you know, most of the time I uh, I look forward to doing it. And then, you know, you get a message from someone saying how much they enjoyed it. And that really does feel good. Uh, it, it definitely helps us, you know, find the time to do what we want to do yeah. uh, with it. So. Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Uh, we just kind of wanted to touch base with you guys and let you guys know what we're looking at and where we want to go with it. But um, we look forward to bringing you guys a bigger, better, uh, more expansive show in the future. I don't know. Do you have uh, anything else you want to add or say? Um, I don't think so. I'm finishing up my like hell semester at work, so I'll have a lot more time <laughs> to do stuff um, with the show. Yeah, and I have a wedding in a month and a half. And then after that, I should have a lot more time, too. You have your wedding in a month and a half. My Yeah, I should say my wedding in a month and a half. So once that is done, I should have a little more time as well. So yeah. uh, bear with us as we continue to expand and grow. And we will continue to uh, try to put out some really interesting shipwreck content. I uh, hope uh, everybody has a great week. And we will be back next week with shipwreck story thanks for listening